Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. Good morning. I'm pleased to be with you. I'm thrilled. I'm happy. I'm grateful. So good we can be together again. And I pray that you're enjoying Mother Mary, Mother um, Angelica <laughs> Classics at the 10 a.m. hour and that you have uh, tuned in to Ask a Priest at the 6 p.m. hour. It's taken off wonderfully and greatly, and um, you can call in with anything on your heart. Yesterday, we read... Um, the dire situation uh, coming up in the last two days of the Synod on Synodality, designed um, in the in the words of those involved directly to change the church. Um, and my spelling of change is D E S T R O Y to destroy the church, to not make it the Catholic Church anymore. Uh, anybody could be saved. LGBTQ, to TQ, XYZ is fine. Um, all of that. It's, it's uh, totally diabolical. And the grief I have in my heart um, is not so much for us Catholics, for we who know our faith, who love the church, who would never leave her no matter what, because it is the church. And Pope Paul VI was correct in saying the smoke of Satan has entered the church, not just entered Christianity, but the church. And so um, we are the church, and um, not we, but the church is Christ, and we are in the true church, the church that he founded. Uh, Anything other than the Catholic church is outside the Catholic church. Um, Many uh, true Christian denominations, but they are uh, truncated faith, they do not have the tradition. Uh, Apostle Paul asked in Second uh, Thessalonians chapter two, verse fifteen, to cling to the traditions that I have handed down to you, whether by mouth or by word. Not the traditions of men, little t, but capital T, the traditions of God. And so here we are, two thousand years later. God has not only kept His church together with the likes of us in it. Um, but uh, it will prevail to the end of time. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. Um, Those are the words of our Lord. And if anything other happens, he is not God, and he is God. We don't have anything to worry about, but we have a great amount to grieve about, and we need to be prepared. This synod is in October, and um, there's going to be a huge amount of confusion, people losing their faith, people leaving the church. But just as in a family, dear ones, if there are people who go off in the family, become drug addicts, deny their very heritage, uh, the family, the members of the family don't leave because we are the family. And so we above all people must not leave and we must not keep what we know and have to ourselves. Absolutely not. We must take this pocket of time we have. I don't know how long it'll be. Uh, nobody knows, but we must take this time to spread the gospel, 
to truly live our faith like the first apostles did and go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature uh, in deed, in word. And how do we do that? We do that, first of all, by being holy ourselves, by acting like Catholics, by doing nothing and saying nothing that is against our Lord's teaching in the Gospels, uh, by loving the poor, by uh, reaching out to everyone regardless of their religion. Because God has established not many religions, but one, and it is the Catholic Church, the one holy Catholic and apostolic church that was founded, Ephesians chapter 2, on the apostles and prophets of, of uh, the people that grew from Abraham to bring forth the Messiah from the Jews to the Jew first and to the entire world. Um, and so we are in, we really have Christianity as Jewish. Um, we need, we have received the gospel <clears throat> if we believe, if we beloved, if we love and we believe. It is by God's grace, not by our own intelligence, not by our own goodness. My goodness, that's the last thing uh, that we are saved by, our own goodness. Absolutely not. Um, hold on, I have to do one thing here. Hold on. Okay, we got it. So, beloved, bring your children home. Um, I beg you to do anything you can to homeschool your children or to find a homeschool co-op where other parents are teaching children that they can gather if a single mom, for example, needs to work. Um, there might be a handful, and I mean a handful, of um, good Catholic schools that can be trusted. But the only way you know they can be trusted is if you go before enrolling your child and ask to see the entire curriculum, 100%, and let them tell you that nothing will be taught but that. And make sure that the teachers are Catholic, because if they're not Catholic, um, they're not going to help children be Catholic. If they're Protestant and they teach science, that's a possibility, but they teach religion. If they're, they say they're Catholic, but they're not practicing, they're not qualified to teach. So make sure, because you are, if you do not, you are turning your children over to the world, the so-called nominal Catholic world. And you will destroy your children, not the schools. And you will be accountable for that. Um, many mothers worry that if they teach their children at home, they'll ruin their children because maybe they didn't, maybe the mothers didn't graduate uh, elementary school. Maybe you don't know your faith well. Maybe all of that. You will not ruin your children by not knowing the faith, not knowing science or history or geometry or English. You will not ruin them by that. You will ruin them if you send them into uh, an environment that is not fully Catholic. You will ruin them. Uh, or that allows anything that's not fully Catholic. I had an example of one, I think it was a year or two ago, uh, one woman who um, had his... Uh, uh, let's see, his, his little girl in school, and they were, I think, about seven years old, I'm not sure, and they were preparing for First Communion, and one little boy came dressed as a girl in a First Communion desk, a dress, 
and veil. And he, the man spoke to the teacher, and he said, well, that's allowed. And it was a Catholic school. And so the, the husband, the father, went to the bishop. And the bishop said, it's all right, let's let it go. Well, you have to save your children from that, just as you'd save them from a burning building. Uh, it's, it's very serious, beloved. Your children need you. They need love. They need security. They need to learn to love God more than they need to learn science. All you need to do to teach homeschool them is to get a good homeschooling program, and there are many. Uh, Victory is one of them. There, uh, 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 Seton Homeschooling, many good homeschooling programs. And they give you the whole box to begin with. They give you all the books, all the instructions, uh, mom's manuals, everything. You only need to be one day or two hours ahead of teaching your children. You get to today's lesson yourself, and then you'll teach it to them. You don't have to have it as your background. You don't have to be so smart because it's geared for children. Don't worry about it. Just read the night before or the morning before or whatever it is you can do and save your children's lives. Nothing is more important. And you will be accountable before God for just that, beloved. Yesterday, we began from uh, the website of Voice of the Family that I, I could not more highly recommend a site for the family, for sanity, than Voice of the Family. It is a lay initiative formed to defend Catholic teaching on the family. And I would urge every one of you to look it up online <clears throat> and to subscribe to it, and you've got everything in there that you need everything in there that you need. Yesterday we began reading an article titled The Sanctity of the Mother and the Cult of Ancestors. And I, oh dear, um, hold on now, hold on. No, I marked where we were yesterday, but the mark is not there. I'm so sorry. Um, I don't know how much I'll be able to read today. But I'm going to dare to start from the beginning. We didn't get very far in. And it's um, a serious article. Um, it's the seventh in a series of 20 articles drawn from Monsignor de Lassis' two-volume work, The Problem of the Present Time, Antagonism of Two Civilizations. He wrote it in 1905. And um, this section is um, on the family. Um, and he begins, To the authority of the father must be joined the sanctity of the mother. Oh, there's our first music for our first break again. I talked too much too long at the beginning. I wanted to see if I can get through this to you today. And I won't, but I'll start again. And as soon as we come back from the break, um, I will read this through and not stop the comment. <laughs> That's very hard for me. Um, so, beloved, after the second break, we will take your calls, your texts, your emails with anything whatsoever on your heart. You're always welcome to write or call anonymously. I always say that the heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. Toll free, it's 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com and we'll be right back. This 
is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for August 31st. Today we celebrate Saints Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus. The actions of these two influential Jewish leaders give us insight into the charismatic power of Jesus and his teachings and the risks that could be involved in following him. Joseph was a respected, wealthy civic leader who had become a disciple of Jesus. Following the death of Jesus, Joseph obtained Jesus' body from Pilate, wrapped it in fine linen, and buried it. For these reasons, Joseph is considered the patron saint of funeral directors and pallbearers. More important is the courage Joseph showed in asking Pilate for Jesus' body. Jesus was a condemned criminal who had been publicly executed. According to some legends, Joseph was punished and imprisoned for such a bold act. Nicodemus was a Pharisee and, like Joseph, an important first-century Jew. We know from John's Gospel that Nicodemus went to Jesus at night, secretly, to better understand his teachings about the kingdom. Later, Nicodemus spoke up for Jesus at the time of his arrest and later assisted in Jesus' burial. We know little else about Nicodemus. The men whose feasts we celebrate today were rewarded for their struggle to understand and embrace the words of Jesus. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. We hear all the time from listeners who discovered the station by seeing a Tri-God bumper magnet in traffic. You can request a free bumper magnet and start evangelizing just by driving around town. Go to thestationofthecross.com and click on Promotional Material under the About tab. There, you can request a magnet for your listening area. We even have one for the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Request yours today. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved. I am Mother Miriam and we are live and I am thrilled to be with you. And we are just starting the article um, on the family, uh, written in 1905 by um, Monsignor de Lassus, um, and published in the Voice of the Family Digest. Um, and it begins, To the authority of the Father must be joined the sanctity of the Mother. Blessed is he, said Lamartine, to whom God has given a holy mother. He was among those who had this blessing. And he never tired of revisiting the debt of gratitude that he owed to her for having watched over the thought of this child day after day to turn it toward God as one watching over a stream from its very source to direct it towards the meadow where one wants to make new grass appear. How many other mothers have imprinted deeply in the soul of their children? the respect, worship, and adoration of God, of which they were by the purity of their life, the living image for them. Mine, said the same poet, had the piety of an angel, the beauty of her features, and the holiness of her thoughts.
dear beloved, this is Mother Miriam. For some reason, uh, since we're in our new place, we've been having some technical issues. We'll straighten them out. But right now we lost the video. And so I'm going to um, do the rest of the program today by phone. I'm so sorry. I, I pray you the, the audio is okay. It's not as good, I know, but hopefully you can hear me. Um, let me see. We began uh, with, the, with the quotes in the article here on the family. St. Augustine said, oh, my God, I, I owe everything to my mother. Mothers, you need to, my own comment here, you need to know how much your children need you. They don't need the world. They don't need other Christian examples, Catholic examples. They need you to be what you say. They need you to lay down your lives for them and show them what it is to be a Christian 100%, 100% of the time. I'll continue with the article. In his gratitude for having so deeply pervaded him with the doctrine of Christ, St. Gregory the Great had his mother Sylvia painted at his side, dressed in a white robe and a doctor's mitre, extending two fingers of her right hand as if giving her a blessing and holding in her right hand the book of the Holy Gospels before her son's eyes. Can you still hear me, James? James? Can you still hear me? Hello? 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 Okay, so, so, dear beloved, uh, we just have to keep checking this. It's an odd situation this morning. Um, Okay, here we go. Who gave us St. Bernard? Who gave us his mother? Who gave us St. Bernard? So pure, so strong, so consumed with love of God. His mother, Aleph, closer to our, our own time to some people who congratulated him for having had a taste for piety at a young age. The curé of ours said that after God, it is the work of my mother. Almost all the saints have attributed their sanctity to their mothers who saw in their children, according to the beautiful thought of Lamartine, quote, a little poem here to their mother, one more servant to serve the great master. One more eye, a mind to know him. One more tongue in the infinite, infinite choir by whom from age to age he must be blessed. Let me, let me repeat that. Almost all the saints have attributed their sanctity to their mothers. Mothers who saw in their children one more servant to serve the great master. One more eye, a mind to know him. One more tongue in the infinite choir by whom from age to age he must be blessed. Can you imagine, beloved, if every mother saw that, not just the qualities, but the aim in their formation as that, we would have a completely different world, a completely different Catholic world. One can add that great men, too, were made by their mothers. Bishop Castles. In a letter to Charlemagne, now we don't know a lot of these people, but these are those of old, and this was written in 1905, so all these lived prior to that. Bishop Castles, in a letter to Charlemagne, 
reminds him of the memory of his mother Bertrada, saying, quote, O King, if God Almighty has raised you above all your contemporaries and all your predecessors in honor and glory, you owe it above all to the virtues of your mother. Hold on. One moment. Okay, we're good. On the mother's knees, said Joseph de Maestra, on the mother's knees is formed that which is most excellent in the world. She is at the heart of this resplendent lamp of which the gospel speaks, shining on all the light of the faith and the flames of divine charity. Beloved, as you're listening to this, um, don't just say how beautiful that should be. This is your vocation directly. And some mothers will say, what about the father? What about the husband? You know, that reminds me of um, uh, Peter in the gospel when John was, Jesus said, follow me. And Peter said, well, what about him? And Jesus said, that's got nothing to do with you. Follow me. This is, forget your husband right now, the father. This is the role of the mother. This is for you. And you have no equal in the, in the raising of a child. Um, the mother is at the heart of this resplendent lamp of which the gospel speaks, shining on all the light of the faith and the flames of divine charity. It is for her to make the thought of the sovereignty of God. Our first principle and our last end, that's who God is, our first principle and our last end, live in the family. The principle of love and gratitude that we must have for his infinite bounty, the fear of God's justice, the spirit of religion which unites us to him, the law of chaste morals, of honesty, of acts and of sincerity of speech, the principle of devotion and mutual support, the principle of work and temperance. So many families have this so many families have thus come by the woman to the highest degree of consideration and prosperity. And so many fallen families have also been raised up again by their mothers. Beloved, um, this is music to me, and I would pray it is to you as well. The solution to your family is not your husband getting his act together, is not society um, getting straightened out. Um, it, nothing. It's you. Well, if my children know, it's you. God has given you as the mother of this family. Yes, the, the husband is the authority, but you are its sanctity. You are its heart. And it is for you, for the most part, time-wise, to raise your children. Uh, it is your vocation. You know, if my sister's here, um, I'm their mother. And if they uh, get into trouble or if they fight or if they uh, start using poor language, they start making poor choices, uh, they break the rule, whatever it is, um, I, I can't beat them up. I have to find out the root of the problem and what I have lacked that they could have come to that state. And I need in love to bring them back in love, not because it's what they should do, but they want to do it as little children. They have to learn what they should do. It's not their choice. 
absolutely not their choice. They need to learn authority. But as the child ages, we need to begin to respect them. Just like the mother who called me, I mentioned before that her 14-year-old did not want to get confirmed. What is she supposed to do? The rest of his class is getting confirmed. And I said, well, don't confirm him. He must not get confirmed if he doesn't believe the faith. Otherwise, you're going to teach your child that the Catholic faith is a joke, that it's a lie, that what you say is not what you believe and not what you do. Never have a child act against his uh, faith. You can have him act against his behavior when he's young, (laughs) but not against his faith. You must teach him his faith. And if 14... You're first learning that he doesn't have the faith to be confirmed. Something is greatly, greatly lacking lacking in all the years from age 1 to 14. Okay, I hear the music, beloved. So um, there's our second break, and we will return with this tomorrow, dear ones, and we'll take your calls and your emails for the whole second half, our toll-free number with anything on your heart, is one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. We'll be right back. Beloved, this is Mother Miriam, host of Mother Miriam Live. Like the Catholic Current and the many other programs that originate from the Station of the Cross, Divine Mercy in My Soul is all about the messages that Jesus revealed to St. Faustina. It is aired every Sunday morning at 11 Eastern and Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Or you can listen anytime to Divine Mercy in My Soul on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. of the Cross, we proudly bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners through radio and mobile devices, and we're grateful for the feedback we've received. I grew up Catholic Church, haven't been in the Catholic Church for decades, but I'm in the process of working my way back for the simple reason that I needed a place to listen to pro-life, pro-family messages, Catholic radio is it. It's a place to hear that message without all the political bias and all that that's going on on News Talk Radio. It changed my life. It's the only station I turn on. That Catholic station is an answer to prayer. It, it couldn't be more fulfilling. It's helped me learn more about the faith, and it's helped me to deepen my faith as a result of that. It's on continuously in my house, day and night. You can't imagine how much I receive from that channel. If you've been blessed by listening to the Station of the Cross, let us know. Call 1-877-888-6279, extension 112. Then share your testimonial with us. I'm Jim Havens, host of The Simple Truth, heard weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network. God so loved the world that he didn't create this committee to sit around in a circle and solicit people's opinions and decide which best course of action to take. No, he so loved the world that he sent his son, the truth. He's the answer. So our faith in Christ gives us the unshaken way to stay Catholic. That's The Simple Truth, weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. 
Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I didn't realize we still had the video until just now James told me, so I can look at you while I'm on the phone. Um, Somehow our sound equipment went out. But I'm going to continue now um, taking your calls and your emails. Again, call in with anything on your heart, anonymously, with your name, it doesn't matter. Um, Whatever's on your heart, toll-free, 1-877-511. 5483 or email at mother at the Um We have an email from Ron. <clears throat> Ron says, Dear Mother Miriam, I hope you are well. I, I am, Ron. Thank you. Uh, Ron says, I recently lost my 14 and a half year old dog who I had since he was three months old. Oh, Ron, I'm so sorry. I am heartbroken. I understand that, Ron. The death of a pet seems so permanent. When my father passed away, of course, I was devastated. But I at least considered it as temporary because I hoped to be reunited one day with my father in heaven. That's a wonderful hope, Ron. Pope Pius XI said that heaven is reserved for those with souls and a conscience, which an animal does not have. He's right, Ron. An animal has a soul, in a sense. Grass, every blade of glass, blade of grass, every living thing has a soul, but it's not a human soul, and it's not an eternal soul, which we have. <clears throat> an animal does not have an eternal soul. Uh, Ron says, a priest friend told me that dogs are God's creatures, living in accordance with his plan, suffering at times through no fault of their own, but for our imperfections. He added that dogs are a sign of God's love for us. While the priest's explanation is beautiful, it does not lessen the permanence of a pet's death. I agree with you, Ron, it does not. Ron says, I would love to hear your thoughts about a beloved pet's death. I have always thought it would be such a gift from God to raise up the pets of those who reach heaven. I don't pretend to believe that will happen, but it's a nice thought, as God can do anything, Ron. Ron, my dearest brother, you are right. There's nothing God cannot do. Um, But certain things he has set in motion, and only human beings have eternal souls that will be in heaven, except for angels, of course. But... um, Dogs will not be. Animals will not be. And I know that's devastating when you have had a pet for 14 and a half years. Um, but the only, the only good, Ron, I can suggest, because it is good, is that you thank God for all the love he's given you through that dog for all those years that he gave you such a beautiful, loving companion. And so rather than mourn his death, which is permanent, give thanks to God for having him all those years and fill your mind with all the memories because death takes the dog from us, but it doesn't take our memories away. So rehearse all those 14 years, all the good times, uh, all the, all the, the, the laughs and the funny things and the training and the mishaps. Just rehearse those and with each one give God thanks for such love 
and for such goodness and for such a gift to you. Um, you know, Job said, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And if he has uh, given you this dog that you love so much and who loved you to be taken from you at this time, um, God has other plans for you, Ron, to be strengthened by your sufferings. And your sufferings you can offer to God, not for your dog, because uh, he cannot be raised to heaven. But you can offer those sufferings because they're true sufferings for the salvation of those you love, for the salvation of those who might never hear the gospel. Take those sufferings as a gift with which to combat the devil and offer them to God. We have an email from Andrew, and Andrew writes, Hi, Mother. I have an evangelical, I have evangelical Protestant friends and many men and women who label themselves as Catholic in and out of my own family that dress extremely immodestly all the time. I adhere to the fact that modesty is not only for church, but rather the way of life if we are truly Christian. You're right, Andrew. Even in my Reverend Novus Ordo parish, I see a ton of immodesty from young men and women in which some girls wear pajamas and other families wear soccer and football jerseys. Even though they are the minority, immodesty is still making a presence at every Sunday mass and it deeply bothers you. It deeply bothers me, Andrew writes. It would deeply bother me too, Andrew. It's absolutely wrong. Andrew says, I also notice women wearing tight revealing dresses and yoga leggings which absolutely disgusts me. Women, I wish you're listening to this. You think it might be making you attractive, but there are men who, like Andrew, are absolutely rightly disgusted. They're not tempted. They're disgusted. In another instance, and if if they are tempted, uh, you are causing scandal. You are causing your brothers and sisters to sin by your immodesty. Andrew goes on, in another instance, at my brother's confirmation, in a modernized, irreverent church, so many young teenage boys and girls were dressed like they were advertising their bodies for a model agency. Sometimes, I do not think that a sign posted by the door outside of churches is enough to get people to understand why modesty is enough. Well, obviously, it's not enough, Andrew. Furthermore, and if you just say modesty, people don't know what modesty is. Furthermore, it has to have specific requirements. Furthermore, Andrew says, I do not know how to speak about modesty to my family and friends, and I do not want to sound like I'm being some drill sergeant, but I think that there is a truth that we need to live by regarding how we Christians should dress. There is, Andrew, and there are books and quotes, you could look them up online, look on modesty, quotes on modesty by the popes. And you will see, particularly Pope Pius XI and twelfth. you will see specific guidelines for modesty for women, and hopefully for men too, I'm not sure if it includes men. But modesty is equally required for men. My question is, Andrew says, why do so many American Catholic churches never speak on the matter? And I'm going to say, for the same reason, they allow everyone to dress that way in the church. They do not care very much for the souls of their people, and they either want their people to be happy by letting them do what they want, which is as dangerous as a mother, letting her children do what they want when they're young, um, 
Oh, they want to, as I said, want to be popular. Um, it's a travesty that pastors uh, allow that. Um, Andrew says, I'm very sure the priests have seen people dressed immodestly, but they never address it in their homily or in their announcements. Well, shame on them. Maybe they're afraid that people will leave. Maybe they're afraid that they won't be liked. Maybe they'll be afraid that they'll report it to the bishop. In either of those cases, in any of those cases, they've lost their vocation. Their vocation is to teach the faith and bring souls to heaven. Andrew says, I think that the way our society dresses has been influenced by Satan, no doubt, in which all I see is that people dress according to what feels good to them. You're right. And if we started dressing as Catholics, as part of uh, restoring a Catholic culture, the stores, for a large part, they would all close on Sunday because we wouldn't shop on a Sunday. Restaurants would close because we wouldn't make other people serve us on a day that's reserved for God. And, um, and many of the stores would go out of business because we wouldn't buy clothes that court, cover a quarter of our body. Andrew says, my other question is, why isn't the Pope or any high-ranking Vatican official correcting the irreverence happening in American churches? Oh my goodness, Andrew, this is the easiest question of all. They're not only not correcting the irreverence, they are flooding us with heresy, Andrew. The Pope and the Vatican is out to change the church and let anybody do whatever they want and still think they can be saved. They are destroying the church. The last thing they're going to be speaking about is immodesty and irreverence um, because they are part of the problem. Andrew says, thank you so much for any thoughts. May God always bless you abundantly in Christ, Andrew. Andrew, you are right 100% in everything you've written. Um, my, uh, my, I don't know how old you are, but I don't think it matters. Um, my suggestion to you is to find a Latin church and go to it, a Latin parish and go to that and explain to your parents, if nothing else, that you must switch churches because of the irreverence and immodesty that's in your family's church. And you could say to them, it, it's in our family as well, and it's, it's really uh, bothering me so much and, and making me ill at heart. I don't judge you, but I, I don't know how to handle the immodesty that's happening. Speak to them, um, not as a, a teacher, but personally, how it's affecting you. And truly, Andrew, if you can find a Latin parish, I would go to that. We have a, a message from Facebook from Phil who says, Hello, Mother Miriam. Thank you for all your great work and guidance. Thank you, Phil. I have a question I was hoping you could answer. Um, this morning, I read an article explaining that a statue of the evil deity Moloch has been placed at the entrance to the Roman Colosseum, which the Vatican has authority over. Is this so, or is it just anti-Catholic propaganda? Phil, I'd have to do the same thing as you. I'd have to do research online to find out if it's so or not. And of course, you can do that. But I, I sadly and tragically tell you that it doesn't surprise me. Is it wrong? Of course it's wrong. Is it against the Catholic faith? Of course it is. Um, is it against anything that the Vatican has authority over? 100% yes. 
But the Pope himself did worse than that by bringing Pachamama into the Vatican. Whatever we expect is right um, under the Catholic faith is being violated left and right these days, Phil. It's utterly tragic. We need to pray. We need to grow in holiness ourselves. And we need to combat the evil by holy lives. I don't know what else can do it. Um, We have a YouTube comment from Ralph. Ralph says, "What what is there in the Catholic Church that is lacking in any other church that likewise confesses the apostles, Nicene, and Athanasian creeds? Also, you make the point that the Catholic Church can be trusted, but the people who are running it may not be trusted. So can the current Pope and Magisterium be trusted? I'm thinking they cannot be. So the hierarchy of the church not being trustworthy isn't the trustworthy Catholic Church at this point. In my opinion, what can be trusted about the Catholic Church is what it teaches that God's Word teaches, and when it practices what the Holy Scriptures teach. All through history, the Catholic Church has made serious mistakes and bad popes and bishops because every one of them were sinners. I cannot reconcile the organization headquartered in the Vatican with the one true and apostolic church founded by Jesus. Those within the Catholic Church, he says, who are saved by Jesus are part of the one true church. You even admitted that true seekers of God outside the Catholic Church will be found by Jesus and saved. Okay, Ralph, I'm going to answer, I'm going to work, walk through your email and answer every statement. But I want to begin by saying, I agree. <clears throat> I agree with every single word you've written, except for your last sentence. I've never admitted that true seekers of God outside the Catholic Church will be found by Jesus and saved. I said those outside the Catholic Church who don't know the truth of the Catholic Church and yet live up to the grace of God they have been given can be saved, not will be, but can be saved. That's for God to judge. And that's the same for Catholics. That's the music for our final break. Ralph, we'll come back and I will work through your email with you. And I understand it. uh, And I grieve for it. We'll be right back after the break, beloved. One man, one woman, for life, for children, for each other, and it's a sacrament. All that you need to fulfill these obligations, these duties of the married state, are in the sacrament of marriage. It does not matter how difficult a particular marriage is. God will give you the grace to be faithful to the vows that you made to your spouse at his altar. The devil knows this, and he uses it every day. He makes people forget the great power and efficacy of the sacrament of marriage. I am utterly shocked at the number of Catholic couples, married couples, devout Catholics, been married for many years, who do not pray together as husband and wife. That's Sermons for Everyday Living from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. 
please join us in a prayer to St. Anthony of Padua. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O dear protector, St. Anthony, on this day we direct our fervent prayer to you, asking you to hear us and to intercede for us. We are parents who ask for peace in our families, our worthy occupations, and our daily bread. We are children who ask for divine assistance and protection in the hope of a successful and happy future. We are the needy poor, the afflicted, and sinners who come to you for help and grace. Therefore, speak on our behalf to that child whom you hold in your arms, and we are sure of being heard. Amen. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I am live, and this is Mother Miriam Live. And I'm on phone because somehow our audio equipment went out. This is our last segment. And I'm going to take a very uh, well put and serious email from Ralph, uh, who left his comment on YouTube. I just read it through before the break. I'm going to take it now sentence by sentence. Ralph says, what is there in the Catholic Church that is lacking in any other church that likewise confesses the Apostles' Nicene and Athanasian Creed. What is lacking, dear Ralph, is the Eucharist, is the true body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ, is the true priesthood that God founded, um, is the church that he established um, and that will last till the end of time. Uh, the Creed is said in many churches, and if you look at the... Um, Churches that say the Apostles Nicaea and Athanasian Creed, you will see that each of them have different doctrines in, in crucial areas. Uh, the Catholic Church has one. It is the faith once delivered to the saints and has never changed because it is truth and truth cannot change. But the main thing is that it is only through the Catholic Church that... Um, um, than the Eastern Catholic Churches as well, only through the Catholic Church that uh, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ is given to us. Jesus said in John 6, unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you have no life in you. My body is food indeed. My blood is drink indeed. My previous Protestant pastor said that's symbolic. Um, uh, if it weren't, it would be cannibalism. But why would God symbolize cannibalism to us? Absolutely not. It is true. At the words of a true priest of the Catholic Church, when he says, this is my body, it is not he saying, this is my body. It is Christ saying that Christ is the high priest and Christ is the victim. And when the priest holds up bread and water in the form of a little wafer and says over that wafer, this is my body, it is Christ, the high priest, saying through his human priest as his instrument, this is my body, and as at the Last Supper, bread becomes God. 
because all creation obeys him. St. Augustine said at the Last Supper, God held himself in his own hands. And so at that point, just as Jesus said, let there be light, and there was, he creates by his word, bread becomes God's flesh, and wine becomes his blood. It's, you, we have the form of the service in other churches, but nothing happens because it is not the true church and it is not the true priesthood. Only through the priesthood of Christ that he established through the apostles um, can anyone um, uh, confect the Eucharist. And it is God. So that's one thing. Uh, Ralph, I don't uh, imagine you're in the Catholic Church. I don't imagine you believe that. But that's what the biggest difference, and it's lacking in any other church but the Catholic Church. And Ralph says also, you make the point that the Catholic Church can be trusted, but the people who are running it may not be trusted. That's right. Not that they can never be trusted, but it's possible they may not be trusted. Because, for the same reason, the most difficult journey for anyone looking into the Catholic Church are Catholics, because they don't live their faith, and there are three generations lost to the faith. Now, if you were Satan, and God established one church through which the world would be saved, uh, would you not delight in having the people of those church, uh, that church, say they're Catholic and yet not believe it, or act irreverently or against it? and form a thousand other 50,000 denominations, you would be delighted as Satan. Um, but the fact is, there's been over 50,000 denominations since the Reformation, and in over 500 years against one Catholic church that has stood for 2,000, with the likes of us, including the Magisterium in it. It is Christ who is the head of his church, not people. He does put his um, priests in charge, but um, they are not in charge, they are not to be trusted when they speak heresy. Apostle um, Paul talks through the whole gospel. If anyone come and teach you another gospel, who's going to teach you another gospel? Those who claim to be authority. Let them be accursed, he said. And so if the Pope, if the current magisterium teaches another gospel, Apostle Paul says, let them be accursed. Only the truth sets us free, and only the truth, the faith once delivered to the saints, is from God, and nothing else. If the current pope and current magisterium cannot be trusted, uh, it's not because of their positions, it's because they are fallen, and have lost their faith, and are teaching error. Hold, um, uh, hold on a minute now, one second. Ralph? Okay, one second, let me get back here. Ralph says, I'm thinking they cannot be. Well, they cannot be when they speak, speak falsehood. That's right. The only time the Pope can be trusted, the only time he speaks infallibly, and that he's given the gift of infallibility, is when he speaks a doctrine that is, not that he just tells the world, it means nothing, but when he speaks a matter of faith and morals that he binds on the faithful to believe. That is the only time that he is kept from error. It's, it's, a, it's a negative gift, actually. It doesn't even say that's the time he speaks truth. It says that is the time that the Holy Spirit protects the church by keeping the Pope from error, from binding them to believe something that is not true. 
that is the gift of infallibility. Um, and Ralph goes on to say, so the hierarchy of the church not being trustworthy is not the trustworthy Catholic Church at this point. Not so. When the leaders of Israel, and you can count their kings, the faithful ones on one hand, um, when the leaders of Israel went astray, it was still Israel. Why did the Messiah come through Israel? Because of their faithfulness? No. Stiff, stubborn, stiff-necked people? No, no. It was because of God's faithfulness. He kept Israel. He kept the line of the Messiah. Uh, the Jewish people themselves would have defaulted and did a million times. But God is faithful to bring his Messiah into the world. And so... Um, uh, so there, if the hierarchy of the church not being trustworthy is not the trustworthy Catholic Church, that means they're either in schism, they're false, they are wheat among the tares, which is quite possible, and I think is the case in many instances. Um, but it doesn't speak of the church. Christ is the head. It, while he walked on earth, he's God, and yet many came against him, and his own people, as you know, put him to death. Um, and so um, Ralph says, in my opinion, what can be trusted about the Catholic Church is what it teaches that God's Word teaches. Well, that's true, because when it's trustworthy, it is teaching God's Word, as far as the literal Word is concerned. But God has given us both tradition, tradition in both oral and written ways. And so... Um, when it practices what the Holy Scriptures teach, then it can be trusted. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but again, if you take thousands of Protestant denominations and um, uh, talk about what they teach, because they're teaching straight from the Word, and they have ten different interpretations, it's not true necessarily because they're teaching from the Word. God has established his authority on earth. Ralph, there's our closing music, my dear brother. Um, I will not let the rest of your email go. I'm going to take it up as our first email on tomorrow's program. I respect you for it. Your observations are right. Your understanding is not right, of course, because the Catholic Church is the only church our Lord established. Uh, and uh, that he will lead into ultimate the end of time despite those who are in it who stray we'll speak with you tomorrow beloved god bless you mm -hmm.